You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie. I'm your host today and in the studio with me, Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Good morning. Good morning, Angie. Today we are talking about love. We've got two weeks of talking about love. Why is love so important? And that's what we're going to be digging into today. Why do we love? Now, write this down. We've got two different scriptures we're going to be into today. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 13 to 15. Mark, why don't you go ahead and get started in one of those? Awesome. So 1 John 4, of course, when you talk about love, Angie, when you're intro, the first thing I thought of is God is love. Yeah, right? absolutely. So you can't think about God or you can't think about Jesus without thinking about love. That's true. And I love verse 19 here of First uh, John 4, because it simply says, we love him because he first loved us. And when you realize that, that actually leads us into the next scripture verse in my mind, because it's understanding God's love and understanding that he loves us and that we love because he first loved us. Well, that's a pretty simple why. Mic drop. We might as well end the lesson right there. <laughs> it seems like we could right there. <laughs> the next scripture verse that we want to look to, and uh, Angie, I think um, I'd love to have you read this, but comes out of 2 Corinthians 5, as you mentioned, in verse 13 to 15. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. And if we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who lived should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Now, that's a lot of conversation. We need to break it down little by little. Yeah, little by little. And again, uh, basically, it's going off of what we talked about with the lesson uh, on hunger, Angie. And that was simply saying that what's happening here is we become all things to all men. So again, Paul's writing a similar concept in this letter to the Corinthians church. But what he's saying is, I become all things to all men so that I might lead people to Christ. And so what we're saying here, or what Paul's saying here, is that if we're beside ourselves, it's for God or if we are of sound mind, it's for you. So Paul's saying, I'm becoming whatever I need to become in order that you may know Christ. And then the why is right here in verse 14. That love that we have experienced, the love of God, it actually compels us. It actually sends us. It actually motivates us. Love is a motivator. Would you agree? I agree. And in the natural world, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And the love of God itself doesn't make any sense to us in the natural world, because, you know, why would you willingly die for someone who doesn't care about you? Or rejects you. Exactly. And that doesn't make any sense either, right? But it's Christ's humility and his display of love that actually ends up compelling us to love one another and to love people who may not accept you or may reject you. So what's happening here is this is the display of love that God showed us. And like 1 John 4, 19, it says that we love because he first loved us. It's that learning and teaching, learning and teaching, growing and living out. So what I'm trying to say with this is that 
God's love naturally, the overflow of God's love, if it overflows out of our heart for him, will naturally overflow out of our heart to reach out to others. And then we're convinced, this is what it says, Angie, we're convinced that one died for all and then all died. So Jesus' death is paid for all of us. And so that compels us to want to tell others. And and that's the part that stuck out to me is that we are convinced, basically saying we very much believe that Christ died for everyone. And so in my mind, if Christ died for everyone, that means he died for that person over there who I don't get along with very well, or that person who hurt me an awful lot, or maybe that person who's walked away from Christ and says now they're agnostic. It's all people, even the worst people in the world, in society, you might say. Right. He died for all. That is a kind of a heavy hitting word right there. And if you break it down again, what's happening is if people have hurt us, that's super close and near and dear to our hearts. You would have to say that they may not personally understand how much Christ loves them. Right. Because when you understand how much Christ loves you, it transforms you to like, I would never want to hurt someone because Christ loves me and helped me in that because something in them triggered them to be hurtful. And when you understand and receive the love of Christ and understand what his love did for you, it changes the way that you live. And that's what Paul's saying here as well. And that's what made me think about when we were in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. You know, he loved us first. And, and to me, that's kind of backwards. You know, I was raised to, you need to worship God and you need to love God. Well, I didn't know why until I read this. Well, it's because he loved us in, from the very beginning. We're his creation. We're part of him. We're in his image. Of course, that's a very real connection that I didn't have before. Yeah. And our natural born flesh, Angie, only, if you think about it, in our natural born flesh, we only love those who love us because that's easy. Or the lovable ones. That's true. Mm. And Jesus says in Luke 6, what credit is that to you? But getting back to this verse 15 of 2 Corinthians 5, he said that we should no longer live for ourselves, but we should live for him who died and rose again. And how do you do that? You love others. Because that's his heart. Exactly. Hmm. You, You love because you understand his love for us first. And another thing that I really want to point out to people is, you know, we talked really briefly just a moment ago that God is love. Well, you can't separate. If if I'm a chicken, there's no way I'm going to be able to separate my chickenness from who I am. That's true. And if God is love, there's no way you're going to separate his love from his from who he is. His character is who he is. So in my mind, you can't say, well, God doesn't love me anymore or he's turned his back on me because that's not how he operates. This is unconditional love. This is love that doesn't end. And when we really understand that, and it's back to our identity, we need to know we are loved because we're not going to be able to go out and share that love unless we understand fully how much God loved us. That is a really powerful thing. First identity, who are you in Christ? You are a loved child. And then we can share it with other people so that they know that they're a loved child as well. 
Absolutely. And Angie, it takes me over to John 15, verse 12 says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. And greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command you. That love naturally displays this love. It demonstrates Christ's love as Mm. we share through Revive with tab number three, right? God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So I want to go back for just a moment, and I want to talk about something that we talked about off air, and that was we were discussing how when we go out and speak to someone, God kind of prompts us in a way to point somebody out, to highlight them, that they need something special, that they need prayer. And part of what I'm learning right now is that we can't go and share with that person unless we develop God's love for that person. So if God is prompting you to talk to somebody and to pray with them, completely unbeknownst to you, you just didn't realize until all of a sudden you hear, okay, pray with that person, or you just, you, for some reason, you realize that they have a need. He is saying, I love that person enough to send you. And we need to understand that when we speak, we're speaking in love on his behalf. And we have to develop the same love for that person that God has. Now, that's something that takes a little bit of work, I think. It does, Angie. And guess what? It's okay to practice. Let's practice. We say that all the time. (laughs) Let's practice loving on people, right? Because you can't go wrong. Because love, as the scripture says, covers a multitude of sin. And so it's neat, Angie, as I was listening to you, just skipping down to verse 20 in that same exact chapter, 2 Corinthians 5, it says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God, Mm. to experience his love as we're ambassadors, just like you shared, Angie. That's what God's looking for. God's looking for someone to represent him and to tell of his love. All right. Well, that's something to think about when it comes to why we should go out and love, why we need to love people. Why do we need to love ourselves? That's um, some scripture to dig into. First John chapter four, verse 19, and also second Corinthians chapter five, verses 13 through 15. When we come back, we're going to get into some personal testimony that talks about the why of love. I have the privilege today of sitting here with a gentleman that I met in Hancock County, and uh, he is Greg Fox. I'll let him introduce himself and tell you a little bit about himself, but uh, we're here to talk about uh, how Revive, how actually, how God touched Greg through Revive and uh, what that is like in his personal life. So, Greg, if you don't mind, just uh, introduce yourself and give us just a little bit of background. Well, Mark, my name is Greg Fox. I'm from southwestern Hancock County was one of the core leadership members on Hancock County Revival here with Revive Ohio. Been a plumber my whole life since I retired. Now I'm an auctioneer and an announcer, professional announcer. We run the, the country announcing. I'm just very privileged to be part of Revive Ohio and Hancock County and, and time to revive as a total picture. It's very uh, been a very moving experience for me, not only the fact that we've been able to share with uh, people on the street and bring the gospel to people and show God's love with people around the county. Uh, just a simple fact, the experience myself had 
Um, I've always been in and out of the church, just like most people. You're in for a while, you go away for a while, you come back for a while. And probably done some things through my life that wasn't uh, be the most proud of. Um, but I've always had a yearning for God, always wanted Him there, but never had that opportunity to, to really experience Him until this past year working with Revival Ohio. And, and be quite honest with you, Mark, it, uh, if people are considering getting involved with Revival Ohio, you're going to get more out of it than to the people that you are talking with on the streets and the people you work with. So, Greg, I, I've known you for several years, um, and we reconnected as uh, Revive was ramping up here in Hancock County. And uh, I know that you've always had a love for the Lord and a love to see people get ministered to by the Lord. But how personally have you been impacted, Greg, through this experience? Of course, it's not because of Revive. Revive is just a vehicle that God used, but... How were you impacted personally, Greg, through this, uh, you know, through the outreach in your city? Well, let's let's kind of walk through it a little bit, Mark. Remember, you, you touched base with me about a year ago, a little over a year ago, and asked if I knew any pastors in the area you could talk to about Revive, because Revive had already been invited to Hancock County. We shared a little bit, and, and you asked me to come to the meeting, and I had something else already planned, wasn't able to be there. And the amazing part is, I said, well, keep me informed. I'd like to know more about it, but I've, I've got a customer in southeastern Ohio I had to go take care of. And to give you an example of how much God had wanted me to experience this, 15 minutes after we talked, my phone rang, and it was uh, the gentleman in southeastern Ohio that I had to go down and trim cattle hose for. He said they got three inches of rain, wasn't able to get the cows up out of the bottom, wanted to know if I could reschedule. So we did. And as soon as I hung the phone up with Dan, I looked up at the sky and I said, I get the point, God, I'll go. And that was really the beginning for me. As this whole planning process went along over the year, God just touched me in a number of different ways. But I would have to say the most amazing part to me was the, the time to revive uh, Revival Ohio team that come up and, and got to know them over the, the course of time planning and preparing for the, the week outreach that we had. And those people yourself included who helped me grow and see things that was happening that i actually took for granted just assumed it was a coincidence which now there is no such thing as coincidence i've <laughs> since learned um but in the the wonder ways that god worked and as the week of outreach progressed um it seemed like everywhere you turned everything you did um god had his hand in it he was making uh putting people together and situations together that was strictly amazing um, and actually with the team, Revival Ohio team and we had a prayer meeting one day and, and I have to honestly say it was the first time I'd ever had my body taken over by the Holy Spirit to where you could actually feel the Holy Spirit working in you and you knew what was going on. And that was one of the most moving things for me. But then as we progressed through the week, being able to see people that before the week of the outreach would never see themselves speaking with somebody on the street, uh, being able to do that and being filled with joy and the love of God, knowing that they was able to talk to people about him. And then with the the people that you meet on the street. I know yourself and I sat one night with Jim at the Steak and Shake one night, about 10.30. Hungry, needed something to eat. We're sitting in there and we asked the waitress if we, how we could pray for her. And she broke down in tears. And ended up another couple at another table come over and join us. And we sat there for over an hour and shared the gospel with these folks. And, and it was just like you'd known them your whole life. And it was just, that's the type of thing that has really turned me on. I know uh, 
I've been doing a lot of praying, a lot of asking, because I think the good Lord has bigger plans for me and his uh, his walk with Christ. I know he's got he's got plans. He wants me to do something different. I just have to be patient, diligent, and praying, and, and to figure out what that path is. I think you're going to end up seeing more of me, I believe, before this is all done. That's exciting, Greg. And um, did you see any other people's lives get affected that, quite honestly, you would say, like, shocked you or people that maybe tippy-toed in and, and kind of came out scared, but they nevertheless, they, they thought they'd give it a try? Did you see any uh, testimonies like that, Greg? Well, Mark, I got to tell you, there's a lady that goes to our home church. She's very to the point, very deliberate in everything that she does. She's a science teacher. She has a lot on her plate as far as family. she got a large amount of grandkids, quite a few adopted grandkids that have issues that they have to take care of and, and work through. And she's in charge of the missions at our church. And, you know, she does a lot of good work with the missions, but she's the nuts and bolts lady. She comes in, plans it, lays it out, people get it done, and she goes on. And I hounded her for a year. And she came one day, she, she went out that afternoon with us. And I didn't realize that that day what had happened, but then the next day, Sunday, when we all go back to our home churches for church before Revive starts Sunday afternoon back up, she gave a testimony when she was doing the children's moment. And this lady actually broke down and was crying on how Revive and the people that she met working with on her team with Revive and the encounters they had at the laundromat in Finley, this woman has totally changed. Um, she is all gung-ho. Not that she's changed anything in her life. She's not going to drop everything and run off and be a missionary. But what she does in her day-to-day -day life and what how she acts now is a testimony as to what you can become as a missionary right at home in your own backyard. Yeah, and you know, Greg, that's what we say. It's uh, it's the new normal of what we've coined here in Ohio because what we've seen in every single county that we've gone to is people's everyday lives being affected, uh, being touched by the gospel. And, you know, of course, the message is just do this in your everyday life, and God wants to use you and will use you and your life also would be radically changed. And Greg, I guess, uh, comes all down to that, Greg. Would you say that your life has been changed? And if so, how would you describe it as we wrap things up here today? How would you describe your life being changed, Greg? Well, Mark, I'll be quite honest with you. The things you do and you say you're more deliberate about, you notice the little things more. Um, when you're speaking with somebody, you might pick up on a phrase where before you just would go by and not catch it. Now you're, I find myself catching things that people try to make light of and realize they might have a situation they'd like to talk about. I'm more willing to do that. Um, I see my, my life becoming more as a service to God than just as a participant in this game. I, can actually, I actually see myself as becoming a player in it. One thing I do want to share, folks, you know, if, you, if you've seen the Revival Ohio t-shirts, it says on the back of it, one life at a time. And I'll be quite honest with you folks, the week we had at Hancock County, 59 people gave their life to Christ, and each one of those was one at a time. We didn't go to some big get-together and have 40 or 50 people give their life to Christ at one time. These were actually on-the-street encounters, in homes, in businesses, one person, one-on-one. -on -one. And that's the amazing gift that God gives us, the opportunity to share like that and bring one person at a time back into His fold.
I couldn't have said it better myself, Greg. Thank you for your time and thank you for your heart and thanks for your willingness to share with us today. Uh, this is Mark Bird with Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.